This is 1252 Sports Chicago. This that jumpin', 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 yeah. This that jumpin', 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 jumpin'. Start like 23. Just that jumpin', 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 jumpin'. Two four like Kobe. Just that jumpin', 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 jumpin'. Shoot my shot, Dizzy. This that jumpin', 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 jumpin'. Right around swing my trees. This that jumpin', 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 jumpin'. Start like 23. This that jumpin', 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 jumpin'. Two four like Kobe. Just that jumpin', 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 jumpin'. Shoot my shot, Dizzy. Just that jumpin', 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 jumpin'. Right around swing my trees. Ballin' the music like Kobe. I'm the greatest ever do it, they don't know it. Straight from the streets where the shots can't blow. I came from the bottom where they hate to see you blow. Mama always told me I'm a shine, so I glow. I came from the block where I stood ten toes. Came a long way, now I'm on the top floor. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Turtles Take right here on 1252 Sports Chicago. I am Andrew Tarville. Back with me, as always, is my other dynamic duo, Turtle over there, Vince. Back, didn't have the baby yet as planned, so he's back with us tonight. Vince, how we doing tonight, brother? Yay, living the dream. Living the dream, brother. How's the week been going, man? Doing good? Yeah, you know, we're just uh, over here waiting for this waiting for this baby to pop. We, oh, uh, yeah. Exciting times. Day by day, sure. we'll see. We go in Monday, so we'll see how it goes. We thought thought last Friday was it, but she decided uh, she decided she was ready to stay for a little bit longer. Absolutely. So we got a big show lined up for you guys. Before we get into it, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Nick and Ivy Brewing out in beautiful downtown Lockport, uh, the Jonathan Darren team with the Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group, uh, White Oak Farm Venue, as well as Mark Berardi and Associates. Without those guys, none of this is possible. So thanks for thanks for your support. And you'll hear a little bit more from our sponsors later in the show. So, Vince, man, we got a big show lined up. You want to tell the guests who we got coming on with us tonight? So we got Larry Clark and John Morris from the American Indoor Football League. It's making its return here for the 2022 season. So we'll uh, we'll have them on and we'll talk everything AIF. It's going to be a good show, man. We got, like I said, we got Larry and John joining us, and it's going to be a good insight to hear with the revamp of their league and what's been going on there. So, be interesting to hear before we get into that we're going to talk some bears as always one of our favorite topics here on turtle every, every week we'd be talking those bears so got our guy angelo camacho in the chat all right vince so last we week, got our favorite fan too facebook user facebook user <laughs> either either allow Streamyard <clears throat> to see your name or please move over to the youtube so we can see your comments uh real quick though last week we had Eric Lambert on from Sports Mockery, as well as the guys from the Irish Bears show. Uh, really great Bears conversation we had with those guys. Uh, one of the things that Eric and I talked about last week, Vince, was Roquan Smith and his potential ability to be Defensive Player of the Year. 
So obviously I know you're a Roquan fan, but what are your thoughts on that? And uh, do you think that we could see Roquan getting the defensive player of the year this upcoming season? Um, I mean, def- I could definitely see him doing it, you know, whether it's this year or in the next few years. I think Roquan, he has everything you need for that middle linebacker. You know, he plays in a 3-4, so he gets a lot of that um, just kind of reading and reacting. You know, he plays the run, he plays the pass, he kind of – but the thing he's got, and it reminds me a lot of Brian Urlacher, the sideline to sideline speed. Oh, absolutely. You know, when he when he – reads a play he's quick to analyze it and figure out where the ball's going and he he's a sure tackler you know you see a lot of guys at the nfl man they they just throw arms at guys they dive at people and there's a lot of broken tackles and see he's one of those guys that when he grabs them he seems to be able to bring them down reminds me a lot of i mean he's older now but reminds me a lot of a, a younger bobby wagner out in seattle oh, definitely you know just a sure tackler that he he reads the play he very rarely is he wrong with what he reads and he just he's fast enough and athletic enough to get to the spot before the balls pass him. You know, the Bears used to have a, a linebacker and I know this is before your time, but the Bears used to have a Hunter Hillenmeyer. I'm not I sure know Hunter Hillenmeyer. Okay, Jesus. How young am I, man? Come on, look, man. I don't know. I just got to make sure you know who I'm talking about. I want you to in the dark, but uh, you know, Hunter Hillenmeyer, man, he was so smart, but he just wasn't athletic enough to get to the spot before the ball did. So he okay. diagnosed it, but he couldn't do it. He'd get there and they already passed him. So, but Roquan, you know, he's fast, he's strong, he's quick, he's decisive. Um, he plays the ball well in the air. He plays the run well. So, I mean, he, he you know, he rushes the quarterback. He pretty much does it all. Um, he actually oh, probably one of the strongest uh, arguments for Ryan Pace here recently, turning this thing around in first-round picks. We've seen Ryan Pace really screw up the first round quite a bit. <laughs> um, but Roquan, I mean, he's definitely a hit. You know, some people say it's too early to tell. I don't think it is. I mean, no. he, very, he very clearly has shown everybody that this he is why they drafted him where they did. So, yeah, I could easily see, you know, Eric said, I, could, I agree. I easily could see him being in that running for defensive player of the year, especially if this team's good. You know, you look at the schedule, yes. it's a really tough schedule. The Bears have a lot of primetime games, whether it be the Thanksgiving game, uh, Sunday night games, Monday night games. They have a lot of opportunities to play on national TV when they're the only team playing. You know, and a lot of these guys, they make really good plays, but it gets lost because they're either A, on a bad team, or B, on a team that never gets primetime TV, so nobody knows who the hell they are. Um, you know, but everybody knows Chicago. Everybody loves the market. And, you know, if if whether it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, as long as it's a quarterback that has competent play, this team does have a chance to win a lot of games. So if he's the, the you know, the captain of a defense that gets back to being – you know, that that monsters of the midway defense, then I can easily see a lot of voters going his way and putting him in that race. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I touched on it with Eric. I would love to see it. I think it would obviously propel Roquan to the next level of his career. And it would be that defining step for him in his career where he could potentially go after a big contract after a year like that, obviously. And Roquan's been such a fundamental piece of this defense, especially with Trevathan kind of I'm not big on Danny T, man. You know this. He looked slow. He looked sluggish last year. Well, he's, and- he's lost a few steps. That's There's no doubt about it. You know, he's not who he was. The thing with Danny Trevathan is he's only playing for this team because he took a huge pay cut to stay. Exactly. So now, so now he's not hurting your salary cap anymore. And, you know, I mean, it's tough. You know, you especially run that 3-4. You're looking for that second inside linebacker. But, you know, you're going to have to pay Roquan. You're going to have to pay a lot of guys. 
So if they can get another year or two out of Trevathan until they can draft somebody that they're not going to have to pay a lot of money to. You know, you look at a team like the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they have a guy like Sean Lee retire, and they wonder what they're going to do to replace him, and then where do they go in the draft? They go uh, Micah Parsons, probably the best inside linebacker in, in the entire draft. So now you replace right. him, you've got uh, Leighton Vander Esch, uh, Jalen Smith, and Micah Parsons, you know, so – it just shows what you could do when you can go get guys in the draft and then not have to pay them so much. Oh, definitely. And yeah, it's something that with the Roquan pick, as you said, you kind of touched on that. That was one of Pace's bright spots. Obviously before this year, there weren't a lot of bright spots in Ryan Pace's drafting ability. Now, obviously he hit it out of the park this year when it came to the selection of our guy, the savior of our franchise, Justin Fields, as well as, you know, going and getting a guy that should have been a first-round talent in Tevin Jenkins in the second. Yeah. So, you know, we had a phenomenal draft this year as Bears fans. Obviously, a lot of people are excited about Daz Newsome, even though he had that injury. I'm excited to see what yeah, he I mean, can you do know, once he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, you know, he went out, he got Daz Newsome. He got uh, even uh, the the other tackle, uh, Bormore. Uh, Larry Borm. Yeah, Borum, I'm sorry. You know, a guy like him, some of these guys, even Khalil Herbert, the running back, you know, a lot of these guys, they, yeah. they, they seem to have made really good picks pretty much throughout the entire draft. So, obviously, you'll have to wait and see. Everybody said that about Adam Shaheen, too, and, you know, he was a bust. Is same with Kevin White and a lot of other guys. But I, I, can, we, just say, I can just say one thing on this. I'm so happy that the bears don't have 10 tight ends on their roster this season. You know, I, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody was very upset about that last year. Oh, you know, obviously most of those guys, they weren't going to be on the team when the season started, you know, it's, it's camp. You got a bunch of guys, you're going to go through them, you know, you're trying to keep, right. guys healthy. you know, but this bears team, you know, for the first time, and we've talked about it, you know, not recently, but on the show before, John, this is the first time that this bears team, the offense really looks like a Matt Nagy offense. It looks like, you know, though it has the players who can excel in it with the speed they've brought in. Um, you know, obviously it's not all of it's open to reporters, but from what we've heard and what we've, you know, seen written, uh, Marquise Goodwin has looked really good. Uh, yeah. Demir Bird has looked good. They look, they're talking about Demir Bird playing in a slot, playing out of the running back position, doing a lot of different things. That, that'll be eight. interesting to see. Um, they said, you know, Damian Williams. I think Damian Williams could be a really under, undervalued or underappreciated, whatever you want to call it, uh, signing. You know, the last time we saw Damian Williams play, he was the MVP at the Super Bowl. Yeah, a lot of people seem to forget that. You know, so you get you get a guy like and David Montgomery's lost a little bit of weight. He's put on some muscle. He's got he's gotten faster. I mean, it, it doesn't happen very often where you guys get to the NFL and all of a sudden they go into another year and they get faster. So he's right. you know made a point to work on that. Um, you know, Tariq Cohen is going to come back. We're going to see where Mister East West. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we'll see where he fits in this offense. I think, you know, obviously, I think Damian Williams is going to be the true backup because right. you're not going to start Tariq Cohen and play him a full game. So Damian Williams no. is probably your most likely. Backup, but don't sleep on Cleo Herbert, man. Cleo Herbert, he's got that balance. He he's looked really, really good at Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech is not a, a pushover program, you know. So he went to a real program. We'll see if he can translate that to the NFL. You know, a lot of people are sleeping right. on him because of where he was drafted. But if you look, a lot of a lot of running backs in general were drafted late this year. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It was a very late draft for running backs, which is something that really surprised me. But it's kind of the way the game's been going. Honestly, you see less and less utilization of running backs on these teams where, you know, guys like to throw the ball more, you know, and that's surprisingly, that's what Matt Nagy's about. You know, he wants to throw the ball 40 times a game. Right. So it's right. a little he, shocking to see him add so much not afraid time. to throw the ball as much as he can. Our guy Ace Camacho is saying, is anyone else surprised to see that Anthony Miller is still on this team? You know, I'm Absolutely. not. You know, I'm not. I, I disagree. I'm not surprised at all. I think the biggest misconception going into the draft, at least that time of the offseason, was that the Bears made Anthony Miller available. But, I mean, just because you make a guy available, you're listening to offers, right? Like, you're always listening to offers. Right. So just because they were willing to listen to offers and they didn't, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, they couldn't even get a seventh round pick for him. Well, just because they didn't trade him doesn't mean that nobody wanted him. Maybe, right. you know, the Bears might say, okay, well, we have this value on Anthony Miller. If I don't get this as an offer for Anthony Miller, I'm going to keep him because I'm okay him being as part of his team. He was what, that a third round pick? Uh, he might have been a second. I think they might have. Okay. They might have taken him to the back in a second. I don't I don't remember off the top of my head, but I I something in me wants me to say second. But okay. you know, the thing about Anthony Miller is you know what you're getting out of him, right? Like we thought we knew who Anthony Miller was. Now he's now he's regressed. And the thing right. is, you know, just to be blunt, it's time to shit or get off the pot. You know, Darnell Mooney has moved into that spot, but Darnell Mooney did exactly what Anthony Miller did. He had that breakout year. And then what? You know, Anthony Miller right. then didn't Will Darnell Mooney follow it up? I think he will. We've seen – we've all – at this point, every Bear fan or almost every Bear fan has seen the YouTube highlights of just Darnell Mooney getting overthrown and Darnell right. Mooney getting th- – missed the ball being thrown incomplete when he's wide open. So, you know, Anthony Miller, he's going to have to come in. He's going to have to compete maybe even for a roster spot, but definitely for playing time. You know, they brought yeah. in Marquise Goodwin. They brought in – Demir Bird, they brought in Daz Newsome, um, you know, Damian Williams, Tariq Cohen, guys could see time at the slot and out, out wide in the jet sweeps. So, you know, if Darnell Mooney takes his steps forward, you obviously the ball's going to go to Allen Robinson. Now you, right. you, know, you get these other guys involved, and I think Matt Nagy wants to have some sort of balance when he gets to the offense and at least running a little bit, maybe closer to Seven you know, times a game. No, I mean, I, I think ideally you'd like to see Matt Nagy for a Matt Nagy offense, 30, maybe 70, 65, 35, maybe on a, on a, on a long end, 60, 40 split. I mean, he's obviously always going to throw the ball. It is who he is. I mean, it's right. who he was in Kansas City. Everybody forgets that, that this is who he was in Kansas City. You know, they lost that playoff game the year he was there because – he decided to go away from the run in the second half. Kareem Hunt was running the ball over everybody, and he went away from him. You right. know, um, so he's always going to run the ball more. But if you can, or I'm sorry, throw the ball more. But if you can get a balance where you're running it and you can keep teams honest, you know, when you're running the ball five times a game, nobody's afraid of the play action pass. But at right. the same time, when you're giving up three yards at the line of scrimmage every time, nobody's afraid of the run or the play action either. So. You know, in a roundabout way to get back to the original question, I think Anthony Miller, no, I'm not surprised he's on his team, but it doesn't mean he's going to be on his team in the faction that he was last year. doesn't mean you're going to see him out there in a primary spot. You know, he's going to – I think you're going to see a lot of these receivers rotated. You're going to see Allen Robinson and cast. 
everybody's yeah. just going to rotate, you know. Hopefully Darnell Mooney comes out and he plays and he makes himself be have to – you makes Matt Nagy have to play him, you know, not be able to take him off the field. That's, that's what Anthony Miller has to do. The only way Anthony Miller makes his team and stays on it, you know, primary position, he's going to have to come in and make Matt Nagy have to play him. Go out and produce, make plays, run better routes, be more consistent, and do the things that you have to do to say, look, you can't afford to not have me on the field. Exactly. No, I do agree with you in that aspect. I am excuse me. I am a little shocked to see that Anthony Miller is still on this team just because I really disliked his attitude towards the end of last season. Obviously, everybody saw what he did in the playoff game against New Orleans. And I get you can't hold one play or one action to a player as a whole, but you know, you were warned specifically don't don't taunt this guy, don't engage him. You do, you get thrown out of the game where you were arguably being a pivotal piece up to that point. And then we've got Javon Wims to rely on. So, you know, obviously Javon motherfucking Wims. Obviously, his actions in that game were horrible. My heart and, still hurts from that drop against the Saints. And I just I'm not a big fan of his inconsistency on the field. Like, well, let me elaborate on that a little bit. One, he's inconsistent. Two, he walks off the field like a child when he doesn't get the ball. You know, throwing his hands up in the air, whining, crying, complaining. This is the National Football League. We ain't got room for that shit. You were the third read. Trubisky didn't see you anyway. Cry about it. Move on. Got to get my Mitch dig in always. But Did you see? Go ahead. Excuse me. Did you see the uh, – the meme that came out this week, the Odell Beckham, Mitch Trubisky meme. Yeah. That they both have the same amount of 40-yard touchdown passes. And, <laughs> and since Mitch has come into the league, they both have two. Yeah, that's wild. I also saw the <laughs> meme that said, oh, Mitch Trubisky got married. I bet you they didn't have a reception. So, <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> no. I didn't Honestly, see though, one. getting away from Mitch Trubisky for – for the rest of the show, because we've said that name too many times already. Way on this too network. many times. Way, way, but way. Going, going back to the topic at hand, I am surprised Anthony Miller's on this roster, one, because of his actions, and two, because of his inconsistency and kind of just the negative energy that he brings to the offense, in my opinion. With that being said, I do think that, you know, you said it's going to be Allen Robinson and Cast. I think it's going to be Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, and cast. I think. I, I mean, I really hope that that's that's how it plays out. I do. Um, you know, I, a lot of it, and again, to go back to a lot of it was the overthrows and different things. But you know, you saw at times the ball was forced to Allen Robinson. Um, right. Oh, hundred percent. And part of it is just because you know, at the end of the day, you're trying to make plays. You're like, fuck, I gotta go to Allen Robinson. I go to Allen Robinson. Right. Which is cool. I mean, y'all. That's why you're paying them. You know. Uh, eighteen million dollars or nineteen million dollars on the, the, uh, the franchise tag. Yep. You know, so all those things go into it. But at the end of the day, like you said, I, I in a perfect world, it becomes Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, and Cast. Now, don't forget, this year is big because Allen Robinson's on a franchise tag. So, and he's going ideally, to be playing with the best quarterback of his career. Don't I forget mean, that. Uh, well, I mean, you you trying to you saying Andy Dalton's the best quarterback of his career? No, I'm saying Justin Fields when he hits the field. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I'm just I've said it before, and I, you know I'm gonna say it again. Bears fans, 
bring rein in that excitement, rein in that that need to see Justin Fields right away because I don't I don't see it. I don't see Justin Fields on the field. No pun intended, but I don't see him on the field. You know, week one, I I just don't. I see it being Andy Dalton's going to be the starter, and then until there's a reason to that they have to put Justin Fields in, they're not going to. So it'll be about week six. They'll have a reason, and they'll be putting them. I don't know, man. Look, that, I mean, hopefully the Bears jump. I mean, if the if the Bears are sitting at four and two, or five and one, you know, everything the offense is clicking, everything's going good. Montgomery's running the ball. The defense is playing well. You know, hopefully that means there's a lot of excitement. Allen Robinson signs a long-term deal. As long as you're moving a ball, everybody knows what Andy Dalton is. Andy Dalton's there to to right. bridge the gap until you get to Justin Fields. You know, and just because D- Justin Fields has looked really, really good in shorts and a T-shirt doesn't mean that when he gets out there and things really start going, you're going to see all, he's going to look that impressive. Now, I'm hoping he does. I don't want people people are going to get on his show here and be like, oh, you don't like Justin Fields. You, you're you're a bear hater. No, I just <laughs> it's going to be Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is going to have to give the Bears a reason that they can't play him, right? Because yes, you're not wrong. Because Justin Fields isn't going to have enough time to show you that you have to play him. I mean, unless he comes out in camp in preseason and looks like Russell Wilson did that year that he took the starting job, you're probably going to see Andy Dalton week one. I think you're yeah. going to see Andy Dalton week one regardless. Because Matt Nagy's a stubborn, stubborn asshole, and it's not. He's already, I'm not. He's I'm already not a, gone and said that. I'm sorry, not to cut you off. No, he's already gone and said that Andy's our starter week one. So whether it's for the betterment of the team or not, I think he's going to stick with Andy at least in the first and week. You know, I, you know, like I said before about this. I mean, he he's not lying. Andy Dalton's a starter until he's not. You know, whether it be Andy Dalton not playing well or Justin Fields playing over the top, one of those, one of those, or possibly both of those, is going to have to happen for Justin Fields to get on the field this season. You know, regardless what happens this season, he is your guy going into next year. But this season, he's gonna one of those or both of those is gonna have to happen. And as long as the offense is moving the ball, which I believe Andy Dalton can do, I believe Andy Dalton can move the ball in this offense especially if they're able to run the ball. If the Bears are able to run the ball, the key. this team could be very deadly because the defense won't be on the field so much to wear out. You know, yeah. and, I, you know, maybe it's just the meathead bear fan in me. Maybe it's the wishful thinking, the praying to the Lord above, but <laughs> something inside me thinks that Robert Quinn is going to look like Robert Quinn this year. He's going to have that full yeah. offseason. He's going to have everything with the Bears. You know, he came in real late with the Bears and then everything that happened and then the injury and all that. You know, right. it was weird, man, with COVID. You see a lot of a lot of things happen. A lot of players play like they don't normally play, whether good or bad. So, you know, maybe this year, maybe we get Robert Quinn, even if it's just a shell of Robert Quinn, but it's more than we got last year, you know. If he can well, take on a guy one-on-one be, and not allow – uh, Cleo Max would be double and triple teamed every play, which a lot of that's going to help. And I meant to say this earlier about Roquan, man, Eddie Goldman being back, Eddie Goldman's going to help out with that a lot. You know, the Brian Erlocker, when he had his best year of his career, was when they had them, that big, them, them big boys up front that, uh, oh, yeah, Tractor Trailer and uh, Ted Washington, when those two were the, yeah. with the tackles, they were so big, they took up, they took on so many guys that he was able to run right through and dissect the play. So I think we'll see a lot of that issue with Eddie Goldman back. You know, the 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 run defense was non-existent last year. 
team ran on the Bears up the middle whenever they wanted. And a lot of that was Eddie Goldman not being here. So hopefully he comes in that, you know, they say he's working out. Hopefully he comes in, he's in shape and he's ready to go. I, I'm not one of those Bear fans that's afraid that this team is going to lose 10 games this year. I just don't see it. I think they're too good. They're too talented. They're not going to lose that because the only way this team loses so many games is if the quarterback play is so bad that they can't win. If that happens, you will get your wish. And so will all the other Bears fans, Justin Fields will be on this, will be in the game way sooner than everybody expected. All right. So kind of circling back to what you said there. Yes, I do think the defense is going to be much improved if Eddie Goldman's back and healthy. Uh, One thing that Eric brought up to me last week, Vince was that Robert Quinn's already struggling with a back injury uh, coming out of camp. So that's something to be concerned with and keep an eye on. With that being said, though, I think we are going to see decent quarterback play this year one way or another. As you said, you know, if Andy Dalton can succeed with a good run game and obviously we've got a lot of speedster type weapons to throw the ball to in the slot, the slot's really going to be a strong point for this offense this year. And, you know, even if we're not throwing crazy deep balls till Justin Fields gets out on the field, I mean, Andy Dalton's a guy who's reliable. He knows how to go through his reads and progressions. He can get the ball downfield. He doesn't have the biggest arm in the world, but he's no, much but more much more accurate than Mitchell Trubisky was for right. 40 yards. I mean, and that's just being honest. So, you know, the upside for this team, the – the path is much brighter than it is dark, so to speak, in my opinion. And it'll be interesting to see where this team does go, but I'm a happy Chicago Bears fan right now. I know that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, it's been a while since there was so many reasons to be excited over everything that was happening with the Bears. And from the draft, the draft to the quarterback, to the left tackle, to everything, just everything and everything is gone you know, roses for the Bears. So hopefully that continues now. You know the the hoopla about Arlington Heights and if that's for real. Yeah, I did want to get uh, your opinion on that. Well, you know, they had uh, – um, I forget who it was. It was somebody from NBC Sports. They had him on, and they were talking to him, and he said that he feels that it is – gone from a whisper to a roar here in the last few weeks and that the and that it is going to happen that the bears are going to go to Arlington Heights because they are going to build their own stadium and have all those new streams of revenue and everything else that comes along with it so oh it'd be you know, no go ahead no i'm just saying it would be huge if they were to yeah. move to Arlington Heights revenue wise i mean i get it's obviously going to cost over a billion dollars to build a stadium that you know could help could easily house i would say ninety thousand fans i mean there's there's no reason if you're going to move out a soldier to build another sixty thousand capacity stadium you're big so right you're going to go state of the art all the way around it would be interesting though you know the train runs right out there so potentially they were saying you could potentially get off the train into an enclosed uh walkway so to speak and get to the stadium without ever having to be outside yeah from the train out. So that would be interesting to see. I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's one of those things they'll always be the Chicago Bears. The 49ers play 45 minutes outside of San Francisco. The, the Giants and the Jets play in New Jersey. New Jersey, exactly. That was what I brought up last week, too. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't dictate what – it doesn't dictate a name change at all just because they decide to move to Arlington Heights. Right. And Arlington Heights is a nice area. I mean – I've been to the track there a couple times myself to watch some horse racing. 
beautiful area. I mean, why not? It yeah. gets you out of the city, gets you but out of the congestion. I'll tell you what, as a guy that lives in the burbs and has lived in the city, I when I lived in the city, I still didn't go to Bears games more than I do when I live in the burbs. Because it's still right. a pain in the ass to get to the stadium, even when you live in the city. Oh, so, absolutely. you know, the, the birds, yeah, the roads are still going to back up just like everywhere else, but at least it won't be so bad. And, you know, you don't mind. Nobody wants to go to a game and sit in 20-degree weather or 10-degree weather. Like, why? Nowadays, you could go have their attractive roof, go sit inside, 90,000 fans there, go see – excuse me, go see a Final Four, go see all the different things you can do there that you can't at Soldier Field. And, yeah, you kind of just touched on it. It would open up the potential for so many different events – you know, you talked about the revenue that it would potentially bring, but I would love to see a Super Bowl in Chicago. And while the Bears are at Soldier, that's not going to happen. They're not going to put the Super Bowl in a stadium that only fits 63,000 people, I believe it is. Right. Well, and, you know, they did their outside thing. They did the cold with the at MetLife. But, you know, I mean, I just don't see it. You know, Kansas City, they you know, they did all that thing. All the things that just – and, you know, the, the big thing for me is that the, the city of Chicago Park District does the Bears no favors. They have concerts whenever they can. They tear up the field. They resign right. three, four, five times a year. Everybody hates playing at Soldier Field. Uh, the, yeah, oh. they renovated it, but all the stuff they did, it's still a piece of crap on the inside. Oh, it's absolutely. Dirty. It smells like piss. I mean, I it's, mean it's, it's horrible. I will say this. When I was at the Bears-Chargers game two seasons ago, I got the chance to be on field and hold the flag for the national anthem. And as we – I was on the side that was opening the flag, so we had to run across the field. I almost tripped on the sod out there on the field because the field was already so tore up before the game even started. I mean, and to be a professional athlete, to have to be out there in those conditions – Get these guys a state-of-the-art stadium and field. I mean, it's what it's what the charter franchise and the I, third largest you know, NFL I mean, market it's not, it's not the old Monsters of the Midway, old 1900s, 1920s team where it was all rough and tough and you grew the grass out to slow right. people down and beat them up. You're fast. Play fast. Play fast. Get turf. Play on turf. Exactly. Get that retractable roof. You have nice weather. You know, I, I mean, look, it just is – it's – you're the Chicago Bears, man. You're not – you're not uh, – I, I didn't even want to name another team because I don't want to piss anybody off. But you're not some piece of crap team that is just barely in the NFL or hanging out. Like you are like you said, you're a charter member. Like, come on. You're not right. the fucking Packers. You are the charter franchise, and you have the – I believe the smallest or the second smallest field in all of the NFL – you're the third largest market, and you have the smallest stadium. It makes no sense. Absolutely yeah, zero. Absolutely. But let's go ahead and wrap up the Bears talk, Vince, because it looks like our guests are in the green room now. So we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor, Nick and Ivy Brewing in beautiful downtown Lockport, and then we'll be right back with you. Definitely. Hello. 
This is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. All right, guys, and we're back again. That was a quick word from one of our sponsors here at 1252, Nick and Ivy, located at located in beautiful downtown Lockport, Illinois. Vince pointing at his shirt over there. Yeah, you know, I got, my, I got my Friday. He's always got to be repping. Got to rep Nick and Ivy, uh, especially go down there, get yourself a big tall glass of Fat Mike. Get you a Fat Mike Chicago Man, lager. That's so weird delicious. To say. Get yourself a glass of Fat Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I alluded to it before the commercial. Uh, Vince, I'm going to let you introduce our guests, uh, and then we'll go ahead and bring them in. You want to tell us, tell the fans who's joining us tonight? Yeah, so we got John Morris. He's the owner and the commissioner. And we got Larry Clark, the director of operations for the American Indoor Football League. And they are coming back here in 2022 with a vengeance. So let's bring them on and let's hear all about it. John, Larry, how are we doing tonight, gentlemen? I think you're, I think you guys are muted. You might be on mute, guys. How about now? There you go. There we go. We got it. Everybody you. puts me on mute, man. <laughs> you know, how are we doing tonight, guys? Thing. I think when you hop in, the first thing it does is automatically mute you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good to see you. Yeah, good to have you guys on. Yeah. So, how John, you want to? John, you want to give us a little background on uh, on the AIF and how you guys are coming back? Well, I think you know a, a lot about us, Vince. I mean, we were we we started up our uh, our league back in two thousand and six, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, we had a about a twelve year run. And um, I had reached a point, you know, when you're indoor football and really any minor league sports, after a while, it'll take its toll on you. And uh, definitely, you know, and I'd re- I'd reached I'd reached a point after. Um, you know, 12 years that, uh, you know, I, my son, my, my kids, my, I have a set of twins that are, were 14 and another little guy was 13. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I had a blast with indoor football and had an opportunity to see a lot of kids go up to the next level, as you know, and, uh, that's really what it was all about. That's why we started it. Um, and, uh, and we were able to accomplish that. Um, and then I, you know, I just took a break, you know, I said, you know, it's time to pass this torch. And in fact, if you, there's an article floating around, uh, and we, we did decide to um, turn it over to uh, some uh, to another league and let them run with it, and um, and then we went on out and spent some time with our families, um, and it's and it's and it was nice. I mean, I got to coach my my son's football and uh, baseball, and and spend some time with my daughter on the soccer field, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Man, it was it was, it was an awesome time. But now. My son just signed up. As a matter of fact, uh, he just got sworn in and went. In, he, he reported to the United States Army two days ago. Very uh, nice. At 18 Very nice. years old. So, yeah, man, it brings me uh, great joy. Um, 
And so now, you know, they're, they're grown and they're, they're doing their thing. And Larry and I have been kicking this around for about the last year and a half or so. And if you, if you monitor at all, anything about indoor football, I mean, they're, I mean, is there, there's some, it's in disarray in my opinion. And that's not all the leagues, but you know, some of the stuff that's been happening out there has been less than favorable to be honest with. Yeah. You know, we've, uh, we've given Andrew here a a crash course on indoor football. He was kind of new to it when we started doing these podcasts, but we've had, you know, we've had Reggie Gray and Derek Ross and Mm -hmm. Mike Hohensee, you know, we've had a lot of guys on and he's kind of mm-hmm. checked it out a little bit just into doing research for the shows. And he was he was in fact, he was saying before the show today in our little pre-show that we do. And he was like, man, I didn't realize how many leagues there are. And I was like, man, there's yeah. so many leagues. I was like, as you go further down, I was like, some of them get shadier and shadier. I said, yeah, I remember, I remember when we started um, back in 2006. I'm sure there were some little leagues uh, running around somewhere, but it was. It was mainly us in the AFL, and uh, right. and there was another league out um, out west. But um, you know, we had a national TV deal. In fact, you know, we Baltimore played Wyoming. We televised that game nationally, and you know, so fans were watching Wyoming play live in Wyoming. And you know, we had a we had a great situation um, at that time, and and we had a lot of fun. You know, but don't get me wrong; it's a tough business. And one of the things that you know we've tried to um, hit home with our owners, you know, I've seen a lot of really good businessmen come in to indoor football and all their, their business savvy and their, their, their thought about running a business goes out the window. You know, you can't treat this like uh, you know, like it's a, like it's a boat, you know, you gotta right. treat this right. like a, not like a hobby, you know, it's a true business. And, and if you run it properly, uh, listen, everybody knows it's an indoor football. You're not going to get rich doing this. If you're doing this for the right reasons, which is, you know, give these young men an opportunity that didn't get drafted to continue to get game film and uh, possibly have an opportunity to send that film somewhere else, you know, to get seen and get a, get an opportunity you know, for a tryout. That's really what it's all about. You know, so that's what that's why we do it. And, um, and, and Larry and I, you know, poked around at this about a year and a half ago. And, and then this year, and thank goodness we didn't because then COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, you know, I'm obviously very happy that we didn't pursue uh, the comeback last year. But I think right now is the perfect time for us to to get going on this and um, get in, and and it gives us plenty of time, you know, to to look for solid ownership and at the same time put these teams in a position where the travel's not so much. And I mean, the thing, the thing with indoor football is you really got to be careful with your budgets. And, um, and and if you can do that, a lot of it has to do with travel. You know, right. I've seen some of these teams where, I mean, you, you can jump on a plane and fly somewhere and have to stay to. And I, I know this for a fact because Redding went to play. We You know, the, the league paid for Redding to go and play Wyoming in Wyoming. And that's a long trip. You know, there's a lot of hotel right. stay. There's airfare and all that stuff. And at this level, there's a reason why these minor league baseball players – jump on a bus and go from city to city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. You got to keep the budget down. So that's really what we've been working on for the last six months, eight months now, behind the scenes, working on new ownership and um, and cities that we feel will be um, a solid place to play football and give these owners an opportunity to be successful. Now, I guess without revealing too much, can you tell us like what region you're going to primarily focus in with? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, without giving you – I mean, because we have signed 
confidentialities with the teams, but I will tell you um, we have solid opportunities from Tennessee to to the Midwest and uh, up into okay. the north. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. It'll it'll definitely be nice for me to be able to come out and see a game once the I don't want to say inaugural season once the returning season happens. Uh, definitely be interesting to come out to a game and support what you guys are doing for sure. Yeah, one of the things that we've been working on very hard is we'd like to get a, a game of the week like we had uh, before where we can televise these games, whether it be streaming them live professionally, you know, it was not, not just a laptop sitting in midfield, you know, <laughs> right? Uh, with, with some good solid commentators like yourselves and have, have put out a great product for the fans to watch um, or televise these games, um, you know, and, and maybe, you know, instead of, going straight across the board with something like Fox uh, syndicated where, you know, we have different networks across the country that are able to see these games. I mean, one of the things that I really enjoyed, I mean, I, I had a business meeting in Tampa Bay for one of my companies and I went, you know, out to Tampa one day and I got to my hotel room and I turned on the TV and an AIFA game was on, you know, and, and it was, you know, that, that, that's really when, when you sit down on your bed and you sit there and watch it and you're like, you know, we're doing the right thing. I mean, these guys are getting the players are getting the exposure that they deserve. And there, you know, eventually, you know, for a fact, there, there's a lot of really good players that right. play in indoor football, mm-hmm. you know, and they're passionate. They have not lost their passion. They're still young. And, um, you know, they're just looking to continue to play and hopefully somebody will see them. And, you know, you hear in the NFL all the time. I mean, look, Kurt Warner stacking shelves. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and now he's a Hall right. of Famer. So, um, but believe me when, when I tell you, you know, us keeping their dream alive by putting them in a position to play football when they haven't been drafted is important to them. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure that you see a lot of passion at that level because you've mm-hmm. got players who are trying to prove themselves, whether that's to excel to obviously, I guess the ultimate goal would be the NFL or rather just, uh, you know, they have such a passion for football and love the game so much that they want to perform no matter what stage they're on. So it it makes for a, a great developmental ground for sure for a lot of these guys to play for a year or two and then potentially pursue moving on to the NFL or, you know, or moving the on. The XFL to, now. With yeah. The XFL or to come yeah. back in the, you know, the Canadian, Canadian, yeah, the Canadian league is obviously the, the most yeah. common jump is for yeah. the more to CFL. But, you know, then it's – you know, every time you get as you get higher up, man, and the you get more noticed and you get a little right. on somebody's radar. And I, I always tell That's guys right. all the time, you know, from my background doing it before, man, I always told these guys, look, all you need is that one workout. All yeah. you need is one yeah. workout. And, yeah. when, and it doesn't even matter if you make it. If you have one workout, everybody knows you. That's right. Because you get right. one workout, now everybody wants you at their workout. That's an excellent point, you know, and 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 that's I think that's what we do. I mean, and don't get me wrong, we've had some great players in our league too. I mean, we had Marcus Ogden, Jonathan Ogden's brother, who played for right. the Ravens. We had Woody yeah. Dantzler. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you, if you right. played for the Dallas Cowboys, you know. So, I mean, he, he, there's some great talent in our league, and but a lot of these young guys that, for whatever reason, they man, you know, it's a small window. It's a small, not many people. But a lot of a lot of players. It's not that they don't make it because they don't have the talent. It's just not that many positions available, you know, and right. then. But if they excel at our level, and like Vince said, they get an opportunity because they've got this game film, they get an opportunity to go and get a get a workout, and that means the world to them. 
know, so mm-hmm. that's, what, that, that's really our goal. That's been our goal since 2006. Like I said, if, you, if you're if you get an indoor football because you want to get rich, you're in the wrong business. You know <laughs> Absolutely. What I mean? um, and, and 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 but but the thing of it is, is you do have an opportunity. Like you know, for me, I mean, I, I own other companies, and you know, so I have an opportunity to give back to my community and give back. You know, to these guys, and uh, and 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 that's the kind of owner we really want. You know, we oh, want an owner that's not getting in this thing because they want to get rich, or they feel like you know they got this false pretense that they're going to get rich. We want we want an owner that is getting into it because whether they live in Reading, whether they live in Harrisburg, whether they live in Ten- you know uh, Chattanooga, whatever wherever they live, they want to put something in their city for their fans to see. And then also help out players get to the next level. If that's what they want to do, then they're coming in, at, you know, with the right attitude. Yeah, so, well, mean, and it, it's ultimately a fan sport. Uh, you know, there's a lot that these teams do with the communities, outreach programs, and very embedded in the communities. It it's very interesting to hear you guys say that, and I'm I'm glad to hear that that's the perspective, especially uh, with you guys returning. You know, it's it's interesting and it's really very great to hear that your player development is a big thing on your priority list because I've, I've never had the chance to speak with an owner or director of player operations for an indoor league. So I didn't know what the perspective is. Obviously it's a business. Obviously, as you said, you're not going to get rich in indoor football, but it's great to hear that first and foremost, it's about player development and, you know, uh, giving those guys an opportunity, as you said. I mean, the window's so slim when it comes to the draft, whether it's, uh, you know, team having so much depth at a position or whatever the case is, there's seven rounds and there's a lot of talent out there that still goes on touch. So it's it's really great to hear that that's a top priority for you guys. Yeah, well, that, that is our priority. And, um, again, you know, I, I, I have other companies that, uh, that will help fund this whole thing it's you know we know going in that when we just like any business you know and that's the other thing and i think that's one of the reasons why you see you know a a lot of teams fail is because they they just don't quite frankly they just don't have the money to do this it takes money to do this and you know and if if you don't if if you're not i don't care what it is whether it's you know a a little flea market on the side of the road if you don't have money to buy your buy your, your produce and and all your things to, to build that business, it's not going to be successful. You know, so that, and that and that's one of the reasons why we have taken our time. To see, the biggest thing that Larry and I have is we have a lot of experience in this. You know, we bring we bring twelve years of experience to the table. We've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, in this business. You know what I mean? So, oh, um, you know, and so so you know, we'll, we'll take that knowledge. Knowledge is power. You know, we'll take that knowledge and and and. And work as hard as we can to put not only a great product on the field, but have someone at the top that's leading them so that they're steady and that, you know, they're solid and that you don't have to worry about it. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you just last year, not no COVID had a lot to do with this, you know, with arenas and all that stuff. But it's it, it, before COVID even hit, Vince will tell you, um, because I know that he's been paying attention to this for a long time, too. You know, before COVID hit, there were a lot of teams that just simply didn't show up for a game. Yeah, and you you just really? can't have that. You know, I mean, you got an arena full of people. I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, we we sold out Baltimore. Can you imagine the team not showing? You know, oh my I mean, gosh, no. 
yeah. you know what that what that does what that does to the team that is doing it right and what it does to the sport, what it does yeah. to the, the entire sport and the entire industry. You know, uh, like John was saying, you know, unfortunately in indoor football, because there's so many leagues, you you get some of these leagues that these owners, they come in or and, it, and it's from the top down. It's from the, the ownership of the league all the way down to the ownership of the teams and the, the players. Usually they're all they're all in it for the wrong thing. They all want the headlines. They all want the. The, the the sexy announcements, all the things that don't matter about building a league and they just rush into right. things. Or, you know, recently you had a league that all the teams are in the South and on the West and or the East. And all of a sudden you had a team in California where the closest team to, to them is in Florida, New York. Like that, obviously that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And like John said, you get teams that don't show up. You get, um, you know, obviously they use the walls there to be guys, the teams with, you know, un, unfit walls there. It's not safe for the players or just different things, bad turf, just so many things that not only give the sport a bad eye, but, you know, make people hesitant every time, you know, every time yeah. somebody does it right, there's five guys behind them doing it wrong. So, yeah. you know, and luckily I've had some experience with, you know, the AIF and, you know, and both you guys that I know what product and what you guys are all about. Um, but it's nice to, you know, like Andrew said, it, you don't very rarely do you get the perspective from the management side of a league, you know, the owner, the director of operations. You just don't get that very often. You know, we had Mike Hall and Sion. We got to get the head coach uh, point of view. But it's just so much different to hear the point of view of the guys who are responsible for everything, you know, from the top down, not just teams winning. You know, teams come in and they're just trying to win. You guys are here trying to build – not only a league, but a brand and yeah. reestablish a brand. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that, that's a great point. You know, the, the thing about it is, is you have to have a league where the only thing the players need to be focused on is playing. They don't need right. to be focused on all the outside stuff that's going on. They need to be mm -hmm. focused on playing football and going out there and showcasing their talent. And one of the things that I have to my advantage, I have, I have a guy named Larry Clark. You know, Larry brings a lot of experience to this. He's as passionate as I am about it. Um, we're all, we're always on the same page. Um, that, that's not not that must necessarily mean we agree on everything. He gives me his point of view. I give him my point of view. But at the end of the day, when we make a decision on what we're going to do, which way we're going to go, we're together. You know, and I think you got to have that. Again, it's 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 just like any other business. You know, it has to right. be run and operated like any other business that you would have out there, and then. Then you'll have a good product with with hopefully solid talent on the field, and uh, and then everybody has fun. But you let out of you can have eight teams and seven of them do them right, do it right. But one team don't do it right or don't show up for a game it has a domino effect on the entire league. And so that's why it's very very important for Larry and I, you know, to do our due diligence and make sure that when we put these these owners in place in these cities, one we make sure that the the uh, the travel is right, that the, the player uh, payroll is right, that the coaches, the player, and the officials are top-notch. Everything's got to be right in order for this to be successful. And like I said, fortunately for us, we've done this already. We know how to do it. We just need to make sure that we have the right ownership. Absolutely. Uh, it's it, Again, it's a very interesting perspective to get to hear the management side of things and I do appreciate your guys' insight on that because uh, especially the one thing that you said that I had never heard of was teams not showing up for games. I didn't realize that 
that had actually ever happened in indoor football. And I can see how that could be completely detrimental to the product that you're trying to put out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, as you said, that could be a domino effect and other teams potentially stop showing up. And I mean, it's bad press for a league all around. So obviously you guys have done this before. You're going to do it the right way. And hopefully everything runs smoothly and you don't run into any hiccup like that. But it's just kind of eye opening to hear that, you know, some other leagues have ran into issues like that. Well, the thing of it is, and, and, and Larry will probably attest to this. It's not in minor league sports. It's not. It's not a matter of are, are you going to have any issues because you are. It's how do you handle those issues when they happen. Understood. You know? and, and that's and that's really key. Um, and you know the goal is for again the players to not have to worry about anything other than playing football. If you can accomplish that, fans will get everything they deserve in a, in a great product. The players will get what they deserve in being able to showcase to showcase their talent. And the owners will be successful, and that's really, that's really, in a nutshell, pulls down to. And that's unfortunately, it's one thing you have in John and I. Is we both have seen a lot of problems, and but in hindsight, we can solve a lot of problems as well too. Oh, it's absolutely! Not, it's not rocket science, man. It's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just hey, if you love this game, you want to give back to your city and to these to the players, and you got enough money to do this. You know, we can put you in a position where you can be successful. But if if, if if your goals are other things, you know, like treating this like a hobby or getting rich or doing anything like that, then um, this is, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, this is not for you. Right. Yeah, I mean, the you know, the, the interesting part of indoor football or dark side of indoor football, depending how you want to look at it, the uh, – the the odd things or crazy things that have happened they're just endless and some of the things that especially you guys have been around forever and you know from it being and it goes all the way up to even you know I don't want to say legitimate but like big strong or quote unquote strong leagues as such as the Arena Football League the way they've tumbled and you know are no longer around and you know having owners who take off with the money and you know, nowhere to be found, bills to be paid. And, you know, that I mean, that happened with the Chicago Rush. The owner was – he had he had a checkered past, and they ushered him right in there thinking it was a great idea. And partway through the year, he took off with the money, and they the league was left with the team trying to field it for the rest of the year. They were playing at Allstate Arena. I'll never forget it. Um, I went to see Reggie Gray play, and they, they were playing – half the lights didn't work in the arena, the – the jumbotron didn't work. None of the the internet didn't work because the the bill was separate. So the league went by the bare minimum because they didn't have an owner to run the team. So here they are, left footing the bill, and they're like, well, "We're going to do the least amount as possible." And right. now you've got a product that not only do you look bad because of what happened with the owner, but now you look even worse because you're going to half-ass it the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah. And it all just yeah. goes back how you how you approach the problems and, and absolutely the problems as, as they come along. The, Everybody's going to be afflicted with them. It doesn't matter which leagues, but all leagues are going to have problems. Right. Unfortunately. I mean, come on. You just had a team this year that they're, they they forfeited the rest of the season because their field was re- repoed. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember reading about that one. You know, I mean, it's just it's crazy the things that happen. So it's, you know, that's why, like, you know, to hear you guys talk about, you know, that structure from the top down, you know, that's why. You know, you talk about your first run from 2005 to 2016. That's why 
you're able to have such a strong and mm-hmm. continuous run because and why you're able to come back now because you know a lot of the leagues they have problems that you guys didn't have and you guys don't don't continue to have so now mm-hmm. when you guys decide to take a break for family and different things now you're able to come back because everybody goes oh shit the AIF is coming back that's a great league mm-hmm. not oh the AIF is coming back remember they had that team that did this and they had that league that did this and right. this guy that did this so right. yeah you know, it definitely goes a long way no, yeah, if you guys get a chance to, to read that article, that last article, maybe I'll, I'll have Larry send it to you. Yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when we when we decided to leave, I mean, we had um, there were some great which, points made about it, which yeah, is you know, when, when your peers look at you as as though you were you were successful. I, I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. I mean, we can we can talk about how we we were successful all we want ourselves, mm-hmm. but when you have other other owners that I I believe have their crap together, if you will, um, right. with, with what they're doing, you know, uh, be willing to, to, uh, to, to put quotes into a newspaper article as we're leaving and passing the torch. I think that's really a testament to, you know, what kind of league you had and how you operated. Yeah, so I, definitely. Yeah. I have Larry send you that article. So for people who are interested in learning more about the AIF, where can, where can they go? Where can they get their information? Where can, what can they expect to see? Kind of just give a little bit about the new chapter. Well, they Mr. Clark. Go to our Facebook page, but one of the best pages, places to go is our uh, uh, website. We just re-band, rebranded and relaunched last week. It's www.aifproindoorfootball.com. Okay. And it'll catch up with all the latest news. Very cool. Very nice. Well, we surely appreciate you gentlemen taking the time out of your busy schedules to jump on with us. It was great getting your perspective. Uh, Again, we really do appreciate it, and we'd love to have you back sometime. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us, and take care. Have a good night. Hey, we appreciate the opportunity. Great to see you, Vince. Great seeing you guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Take care, gentlemen. Man, what an interesting perspective that hey, was. You, you know, this show, as it's as this show, our show, meaning, has progressed. You know, we've gone from the player in Reggie Gray and Derek Ross to the coach in Mike Hohensee to now the management and ownership of an entire league. And it's just, you know, it's crazy to hear the different perspectives. But at the end of the day, it kind of all filters back to doing things the right way. You know, oh, doing, thing, doing things because it's the way they're supposed to be done and having the pride in your name and you what you what how you present yourselves and how you, you know, carry yourself that now, like, I, you know, and I know I mentioned earlier, but, you know, you see a league that, you know, in 2016, from 2005 to 2016, they decide to, you know, take a break for their families and do the do the family thing. Then to come right. back, you know, five years, six years later and especially you know today's day and age man everybody hate everybody hates on everybody but to hear so many good things said about them and to hear such good structure from the top down in the league you can really see why they had so much success from that first run oh absolutely uh you know you mentioned we kind of progressed obviously players we had coach ho on who actually me and him are friends on facebook now so he's a great dude I got to see some pictures of his grandbaby. Yeah. Uh, Hope everything's going well there for Coach O. But, no, then, you know, going to the management side of things, just getting to hear that perspective of putting player development first, I think, was the biggest thing that I took from it was. Yeah, absolutely. You know, 
it's not about making a lot of money. They That was the one thing that they said over and over again is if right. you're getting into this business to get rich, you're getting into the wrong business. And you know what? That goes for it. The funny thing is that goes for any position where you're the player, the coach, or the the owner, or the right. lead. It all goes the same. Nobody's getting rich here. They're all doing it for the love of the game and to try to make that next step, whether that be the XFL, the CFL, uh you know, Lord, NFL, Lord yeah. willing, the NFL, you know, all those things, whatever, whatever role you're in, that's ultimately what you're trying to do is to improve and get better. And, you know, it's really easy to say things. It's a whole other thing to do things and to see what they've done and what they're doing now and the way they're doing it in this comeback is really shows you, like you said, the, the players come first, the communities are right there. You know, they're, they're big into communities and that, that outreach and a building within the community of the owners to have all that. And then on top of it, the players and all the excitement beyond the field, but it's not just on the field. It's the off the field too. And supporting those players, giving them what they need, making sure they're protected, making sure that they're vetting the owners to that. They're going to be owners who take care of the players um, and all those things that go into it. And then on top of that, like you said, knowing you're not going to make a lot of money at it, but also like he said, you know, I think John said it best treating it like a business. Right. It's not something for somebody. They're not looking for the owner that's just really excited to own a football team to say, hey, I own an indoor football team. I'm a football team. Let me show it off like a shiny new toy. No, you actually have to take care of it and nurture it and treat it like a business and build it like a business and establish that brand. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to keep the guys too long because we already had them running at 30 Mm -hmm. minutes there, but. We'll have to definitely see if we can get them to join us again sometime because there was one thing I wanted to ask Larry that I didn't get the chance to, and that was kind of just from his perspective what it's like being in the role that he's in, being a director of player operations for a league that's returning, you know, what mm-hmm. what exactly goes into that and give us a little behind the scenes. But we'll definitely have to reach out to him yeah, again. You know, and we could have – it will be cool have him back on after, you know, maybe after they announce the teams that are going to be – the, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to like you said. I want to say inaugural because it's not their first, but their returning right. season. You know, if we could we go, we'll have them on after they make the announcement of the teams and just kind of chat a little bit about that. That'll be that'll be cool once the teams are announced and the cities are yeah. announced and we see where there's going to be some teams at. For sure, I know he gave us a little snip there. He said Midwest, so Chicago. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Right, we'll fingers crossed. Maybe maybe there'll be a Chicago team. We'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, it would be great to have them join us again after they announce the teams. Real quick before we continue on the show, guys. Here we're going to take a quick word from our sponsor, the Jonathan Darren team with the Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group, and we'll be back with you in sixty seconds. Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708 708- 
888-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. All right, guys. And again, that was a quick word from the Jonathan Darren team with the Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group. John and his team are the best. If you're looking to buy a home in the area, be sure to reach out to them. They will hook you up. I know that's where our guy Fat Mike's going when he goes to expand and buy his next house. So definitely reach out to John and his team. They're the best. Now, moving on a little bit, Vince, as great as the football talk's been for the last hour, I want to talk some baseball. There's been a lot going on lately with the Chicago Cubs, more bad than good. But let's talk about it, man. What's your gut feeling on this Cubs team right now? That they suck. (laughs) Short and sweet, I like it. But that's the reality of the situation right now. You know, know, who would have thought – Rewind a few weeks, and you see, uh, uh, you know, the, the the combined no hitter against the Dodgers, and you know they they beat San Diego, they swept San Diego, they sweep the Dodgers. You're like, man, this fucking team, we're in it. We gotta buy, get in some more players. We're World Series bound. Let's do it. And then now fast forward eleven trash. games later, and they lost the next eleven. And yeah, not like you know, lose the next 11, but the Dodgers won the next 10. It's like, that's crazy, isn't it? How the hell does that happen? You don't think it's going to happen. I mean, obviously, sports is sports, but come on, man. 10, oh, I mean, 10 the other way for both teams, you know, right. and now you see this team, whether they lose 1 nothing, 2 nothing, 3 1, or 15 to 10, you know, you score 10, you're like, sweet, we won. Nope, we lost 15 10. The one game, that killed I, think me, man. Playing, I think they were playing Milwaukee. I saw they scored seven runs in the first inning. I told Melissa, I was like, yes, Cubs got this. They up seven, nothing already. Yes. Did some stuff, no. whatever we're doing. I look, I'm like, 14 to seven? They gave up the next yep. 14 runs? What the hell? I, I said the just, same thing. You know, I was you, at, go ahead. Uh, sorry. I was at work that day, uh, the Milwaukee game. They were up seven, nothing in the first. I was listening to it on my phone. I'm like, all right, I got to get back to work. I had, a, I had a meeting I had to get to. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm going to get to this meeting. I'll finish up work for the day. I'll go home and I'll catch the last two or three innings of the game when I get home. I get home, I turn the game on, and it's 14 to 7. And I'm like, what the fuck are you right. doing? <laughs> the, this Cubs team, man, I mean, they're shooting themselves in the foot. The bullpen, Jake Arietta's got over a, over a six ERA right now, which is absolutely trash. I don't know what he's doing worse. I don't know if he's killing the Cubs more or if he's killing my fantasy team more because I keep running them out there, and I just keep thinking, all right, Jake, just just, just be okay. Just be average. And this motherfucker goes out there and gives up eight runs, ten runs, six walks. Like, come on, bro. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, it's absolutely atrocious play by the Cubs right now. And, you know, the fan in me wants to say, okay, we got to try to keep some of this core on this team. But just the sheer outrage that I have as a fan of seeing this team go through that losing streak, which it's not really a surprise. You know, that's one thing. The Cubs were playing stellar baseball at the beginning of the season, but they were playing much above the expectation that we all had for them going into this year. Yeah, we thought they were better. We thought this is who they are. This is who they are. And I'm sorry. Blow the fucking thing up. Blow it up. Yes, I agree. Blow it up. Theo talked about it for years. He talked about, you know, we need to blow up the core. We need to change the core. We need to change the core. What did they do? They didn't re-sign Schwarber, and they didn't re-sign Almora. 
that's you that's you blowing up the core. And they got I know COVID happened and things are different. Right. You didn't re-sign Lester. Right. But you brought back Jake. You know, right. you, you do all these things. I, I get it. COVID happened, all these things. But come on, man. This you, team is trash. They can't do anything. They yeah, can't hit. You know, they can't pitch. They can't field. You know, you got all these players that are coming up for contracts. You got to decide what you're going to do. You got Chris Bryant plays like an MVP. Then all of a sudden he goes in the tank like he's played the last few years. That guy's hitting a fucking 180 through June. Chris yeah. Bryant ain't no all-star. I, I tell you, I don't even I don't even know where you go from here because you you can't offer Chris Bryant a shit ton of money. What has he done? He's not worth a shit ton of money. You can't offer Javi Baez a shit ton of money because he doesn't hit either. Javi Baez swings at pitches four feet outside the strike zone and makes me want to you know, puke. It's you horrible. Know, he, he had that that MVP runner-up year when him and Christian Yelich were going at bat for at bat down the stretch, and, yeah. I, and a lot of and, and a lot of people, including myself, thought maybe Baez should have been the MVP that year. But since then, I mean, you see, he's back to like you said, he's back to he's chasing everything. He's swinging out yeah. of his shoes. He's uncontrolled chaos. You know, he just he's just. 100 miles an hour all the time, but also in the wrong directions. I mean, you know, like you, you just, I just don't know where you go from here because whether you say, okay, well, we could get them all for the cheap now because nobody's going to pay them. Do you really want them? And then you say, okay, no. well, we want to keep this guy. Well, how can you overpay for somebody that hasn't done shit in three years? Javi Baez has hit what below 250 for every year since the MVP, that MVP runner yep. up here. You know, Chris Bryant, you see what he's done now. Like you said, he's in fucking 181, 190. You yeah. know, uh, Anthony Rizzo. I love Anthony Rizzo. I love who he is. I love what he represents. I love what he does for this city. All that. Again, unless these guys are taking hometown discounts, I, I'm not interested. There's so many holes on this team, and you have no farm system. You know, they, they talk about all these guys that have come through, but where are the pitchers at? So they, they traded Dylan Cease. Okay, that's one fucking pitcher. Where were all the other ones? It's not like you traded away all these pitchers. You, you got just didn't have Well, no, but I mean like under the farm system. Oh, okay. You, know, you talk about a farm system, and you know, you say, okay, well, they gave guys away in trades. You know, they gave away guys in the Chapman trade. They gave guys away in the Quintana trade. This, that, and the other. Right, but other than Dylan Cease, who are the pitchers they traded away? Nobody. You haven't heard right. of them because they don't exist. And now you have Alizé, and every time you want to jump on the bandwagon with Alizé, he gives you another reason not to. The kid, right. the kid has been the, the Cubs' next big pitching prospect for like four years now. Yeah, I that's a little too long. It. You see teams like San Diego and some of these teams who have not only are great baseball teams, but they have stocked farm systems. Come yes. to the I'm trading Baez. I'm trading Bryant. I'm trading everybody. If you're going to keep somebody, keep Rizzo because he'll take a team-friendly deal. If he ain't taking a team-friendly deal, I'm getting rid of his ass too. They've got to make wholesale changes on this baseball team, and they have to do it now. They don't have a true leadoff hitter. They don't have speed. They don't have consistent hitting. They don't have consistent pitching. And they have a, what at the beginning of the year was a great bullpen that's turned out to be overworked and now – also unreliable. Absolutely. Every, you know, every I, time I watch the Cubs, I don't even know who half of the motherfuckers are that are playing. Yeah. I mean, you know, our guy Angelo saying here in the chat, Horner is my only one I wouldn't move on Absolutely. from. Absolutely. I Keep love Nico Horner. Horner. The kid's 
definitely uh, sharpened up his batting stance and his plate discipline this yep. year. He's definitely a bright spot on this very dark Cubs team right now. Yeah, trade Without- all the motherfuckers away. Bring up the the Brennan Davises and all the the the, the next the next flock of prospects, bring them up, let them play now, and let's see what the hell we got because what you have here ain't winning shit. So you might as well get rid of these dudes, play all your all your young kids, see what you got out of them now, and maybe we get lucky we get the fucking first overall draft pick because that's all you can hope for at this point. It, you never know what could happen. I mean, obviously we're what? I believe nine and a half games back now after uh, the last game, but – even then, well, actually, might be eight and a half now uh, because they, I believe they did beat the Cardinals this afternoon. But even you know what, I didn't even get excited today when I saw they beat the Cardinals. That's where we've gone to as Cub fans. Don't even care that they beat the Cardinals. But the fans are still going to pack Wrigley. Absolutely, they're going to still gonna blindly right. cheer they're no matter what happens. Team. I, I'm Dude. not giving my money to a team that's going to lose ten to fifteen. People are going to go there, they're going to drink beer, they're going to celebrate, they're going to party, and then they're going to go, oh, shit, they lost? I even forgot there was a game going on. Right, exactly. I want to play devil's advocate a little bit, though. You said blow it all up. You're trading everybody except Riz unless he takes a team friend or if he takes a team-friendly deal. From the opposite side of that, Chris Bryant, as – Hot and cold as he's been over the last few seasons, and especially here through the month of June, he's been detrimental behind the plate. Before that, he was obviously above – he was above 300 at one point this season. Obviously, it was still early. But he was kind of looking like that MVP-type Chris Bryant again. And then June comes and here into early July, and the numbers aren't there. He's slumping it back to same old Chris Bryant, so to speak, you know, and one thing they've done, though, is moved Chris around. They've put him at first. They've put him at third. They've put him at all the outfield positions. Do you think that you keep a guy like Chris if he takes a more team-friendly deal just because of the versatility that you know he can play more than one position consistently well, or do you think it's just time to move on regardless? I think it all depends what happens with the market. If you don't trade them, then obviously it comes down to what everybody else is offering. But I think that somebody, whether it's the Phillies, to reunite them with Bryce Harper, who they've shown a, a you know, a commit being committed to spending money every offseason now, whether it's the Yankees, whether the Giants decide they want to get good again, somebody is going to offer him two hundred and fifty million. So if you're the I don't Cubs, disagree. Did you see enough to tell you to to truly feel inside? I need to pay this guy two hundred and fifty million dollars over the next eight years, seven years, because I can't afford to not have him. Have you seen enough over the last few years? Worth it, and that goes for all of them. Javi Baez, I'm not paying Javi Baez two hundred million dollars. You can't hit if you can't hit. I don't care how good you are at defense and everything else. Yeah, I don't care how many great defensive plays you're going to make. When you're looking like you're golfing out there at the plate, I mean, Javi Baez's plate discipline is absolutely atrocious. I would not throw a I would not throw a ball inside the strike zone at the guy the rest of the year until he proves to me that he can hit. No, until I'm he throwing, proves I'm throwing to the fastballs. Swing at quality pitches. I'm 
I'm throwing him wild pitches outside the zone every time and letting him bite at it. You throw him a fastball at his eyes and a curveball in the dirt that bounces before it gets to home plate, and he's swinging at all three of them. Right. Absolutely atrocious. But, you know, with that being said, I mean, one bright spot that the Cubs have had in their relieving core, at least, has been Craig Kimbrell. We've talked about him a little bit, you know. Obviously, I like him. I do like Andrew Chafin for his attitude. Not I'm trading Kimbrell, and I'm keeping Chafin, and he's my new closer. I like Chafin. He's here to chew bubble gum and strike people out, and he's all out of bubble gum. So. That's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trading Kimbrell, and I'm keeping Chafin. Because but, at this point, what are you really doing? Do you think you're going to compete this year? No. You're going to compete well, next year? No. You look at a guy like Craig Kimbrell, and obviously it makes you think back to the Chapman acquisition that the Cubs made when they were on, on the World Series run there, and they had to give up a good a good chunk from the organization to get – Yeah, I mean, you gave up Lyra Torres. Right. You gave – absolutely. You gave up a guy that's – Gliber Torres and, G- and DJ LeMahieu would look great in Cubs uniforms right now. Oh, I agree 100%. But, I mean, you know, a guy like that, you, if you can go out and get a guy like Gliber Torres for a Craig Kimbrell because right. the team's trying to rent that closing pitcher that's going to be great. And Craig Kimbrell has been great. I mean, yeah. granted, as, in any closing role, we don't get to see him, you know, in a full scope more than two typically at most three innings. But either way, you know, you go rent him, so to speak, to a team that's in the chase, you could get a good piece back, whether it's farm system guy or a guy that's ready now. Like you said, this team is not ready to compete this year. They're a they're, long way away from being They're ready not to going compete. to be ready to compete next year. And that's why I'm saying everybody. But if, of money. If, I mean, if it was me, I think Jed Hoyer is the luckiest motherfucker in his world. Because the worst thing that could have happened for him was the Cubs were in contention for first place, and he had to be buyers at the deadline and further sacrifice the hit, the future of this organization. Instead, oh, I, agree. I go into this deadline if I'm him, Hayward is gone. Jock Peterson, gone. You want to keep him? Keep him. I don't care. He, you can keep him. You can trade him, whatever you want to do. But Hayward is gone. Bryant is gone. Baez is gone. Rizzo, if he's not going to take a deal, he's gone. Then you get the catcher. You better work it out with Contreras because you traded the, your other catcher before your Caratini when you could have traded Contreras for more. I'm trading. Well, we got a guy in the farm system that's a catcher that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's good in the minors, but it doesn't mean he's going to do anything in the majors. So, right. But still, you, know, you, you, you bring him up, you let him see, you know, you, you, maybe if you get a good enough deal, then you move Contreras too. Um, you said Kimbrell gone, Hendricks gone. These guys, they're all gone. I'm trading them all, and I'm getting as many as many great prospects as I can. And I'm bringing up the ones we have to see if any of them are worth a damn. Because whatever they're doing right now is absolutely broken. This team has been broken since the World Series. Let's be honest. I I am a diehard Cub fan. I'm, I'll never forget the playoff run. I'll never forget the World Series win. But oh, yeah. everybody, if any Cub fan says that they're happy with the one win, they weren't expecting more success, they're they're lying to you. Because after that run, everybody thought this is what it was going to be every year. And it's not. It's and not it's what not. It's it hasn't been. It hasn't been. And the thing has been broken. You know, we heard 
We heard Theo come out for years and at the end of the year and say, well, the offense is broken. The offense is broken. You know what's broken? The players. The players you have in this offense are broken. They're they're not who they need to be. I don't care. Right. I don't care if you trade Hobby Baez and he goes somewhere and he wins four gold gloves and hits 300 next year. You know Good what? I'm asking you for what you fucking did the last since the World Series. I'm not. I'm not paying any of them. Everybody comes on, not this show, but everybody comes on social media and they're talking about, see, the Cubs are fucking stupid. They didn't bring back Kyle Schwarber, blah, 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 blah. I don't care that Kyle Schwarber hit 13 home runs in 15 games. I don't right. care. I don't care if he hits 25 home runs in 15 games. The guy sucked when he was here. He hit, yeah. two, he hit 220 and he hit a bunch of solo home runs. Yeah. That's who Kyle Schwarber was. And solo was, home runs don't win – Baseball right. games. The Cubs don't have a lead the They don't have anybody to get on base. Their home runs are strikeouts, so the guy doesn't do you any good. Like I, right. I don't care what he does when they leave here. He didn't do anything while he was here. No, I agree. And you know, even as a Cub fan, I held on to John Lester a little bit too long. I, I kind of wish we would have kept John Lester rather than cutting Lester because we quote unquote didn't have the money to pay him and then going and picking up Arietta right. for virtually the same amount of money that right. you would have kept Lester for. You would have had another lefty in the bullpen that I I gotta think that John Lester's numbers right now are better than Kyle Schwarber's without having it in front of me. I I just have to think that he's a little bit better. I mean, my yeah, God. I mean the Schwarber thing, you know, it, it's it's gonna be miscued because he had that run where he hit all those home runs. So it's gonna make his numbers look it's gonna inflate his numbers to not being what they truly are. But right. I just I'm tired of seeing this Cubs team. I'm tired of seeing the same dudes come out here every year and, and have a little bit of success thing. and then just plummet right after that. I'm just I, I hear you, bro. I'm with you. With that being said, guys, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, the White Oak Farm venue out in Michigan City, Indiana, and we'll be back with you in one minute. Honey, will you marry me? Yes, yes, yes. Let's, let's get out of here. here. Come to Indiana's premier venue. Come to the farm. Come see all the wildlife. Come to White Oak Farm Venue in Michigan City, Indiana. Come to our 80-acre sanctuary right off I-94 in Michigan City, Indiana. Come see all we have to offer from two brand-new Amish-built barns with climate control. Come see the ponds with beautiful waterfalls, meadows and wildflowers, and so much more. Come see our secluded venue. After you enter our private road, you'll be in your own world away from it all, with outdoor ceremony spaces, wood-fired pizza ovens, and lots of fresh air. Come enjoy Northwest Indiana's premier wedding venue, where you gather with your family and friends. Stretch your legs and enjoy the most memorable day of your life. Visit White Oak Farm Venue at whiteoakfarmvenue.com or on Facebook slash Instagram. All right, guys, and we're back with you again. That was a quick word from the White Oak Farm venue out in Michigan City, Indiana. Beautiful venue. That's where our guy Fat Mike's getting married here in just a couple months. So a beautiful place. Be sure to reach out to them if you're looking to get married. And if things turn to go south, be sure to reach out to Mark Berardi and Associates. Call Mark Berardi, the best fucking lawyer in town. Nah, I'm just kidding, guys, but... Again, Mark Berardi and Associates. That was good. I'll give you that one. 
Mark Berardi and Associates will help you with all your legal needs. Uh, they're based out in the Homer Glen area. Great group of guys, uh, down to earth, no frills guys. They'll help you out with any legal needs that you have in the state of Illinois. So be sure to reach out to Mark and his team. Uh, they've done a lot for us here at the 1252 Network, and we definitely appreciate them. With that being said, it looks like we have somebody in our green room. We have a very, very special guest in our green room. Headband and all. What's, What's up, up boys? Ace? How we doing? Our boy. I'm doing Mr. good. Ace How you fellas doing? It's been a good show so far, boys. Yeah, it has been a while been a since while, we had man. you on the show, my boy. I know. I know. I love being with you, too. It's always a fun time. Hell you know? yeah. So there's this little rumor sitting out here that you got some big news. <sighs> yeah, man. I was going to wait another 30 minutes to drop it, but I figure what better time than on Turtles Take with my two two of my faves. You know what Hell I mean? Yeah. So, Absolutely. Uh, Wednesday, uh, we're still deciding if it's going to be a live show or if we're going to record it and then post it on YouTube. But if it's live, there's going to be a special sport court episode starting at 3 p.m. Central Standard with a very special guest, Sarah Spain from ESPN. Yep. She that will be is a big one, my boy. Yeah, it's uh, we're, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Alan's gonna sit in with me, like always. And I'm not uh, excited anymore. <laughs> I'm just we're kidding. Gonna, I'm uh, kidding. We're gonna be uh, <laughs> discussing some pretty serious topics, along with uh, so hopefully, I have enough time to get to some fun topics. But we're gonna talk about the whole Blackhawk scandal and then yeah. uh, the Simone Biles thing and, and a couple of other. You know issues like that that's that's happening happening in sports right now. Um, how this whole rape culture kind of seeped into sports and why people think that it's it's going to be it's it's okay to let this be in sports. Um, and I'm really interested to get her perspective on the whole situation. Yeah, you oh, know, absolutely. You know, I mean, we we like to have fun on this show. We like to have fun on twelve fifty two as a whole. But I think, to your point, there's a lot of serious issues in sports today that get overlooked or just blatantly ignored. And, you know, by the time they do come out, it's always worst case scenario. Right. You know, it's never, well, this little thing happened. It's always to the extreme. You know, and then it's always, well, everybody knew, but nobody said anything. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that it's like, well, why? Why does it have to get to that point? Why is it? Why is it tolerated? Why is it? What is it? How did this culture get to where it is? Right. And and that's that's the real thing is behavior. Right. And and that's kind of the the big glaring thing is like as a culture, as a people. Right. It's not even just sports culture. Right. But in in a culture in general, we've become so vain and full of ourselves that like we we think that we can do no wrong that we're entitled to everything. And and I think that has a lot to do with what's been going on with this type of a culture growing, not just in sports, but all really all over the world. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. But Sarah Spain, that's going to be a huge guest, huge interview for you, Angelo. Definitely glad that uh, you were able to lock that interview in. It's going to be big for 1252 and it's going to be big for sport court. So congratulations, man. Uh, Thanks for jumping on with us. I appreciate it, boys. I appreciate it, boys. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's it's big news, you know, especially in in our where we are in our area. You know, it's everybody knows her from 
her ESPN 1000 days to her ESPNW days to right. now owning the right. Red Stars and everything yep. in between. You know, she's she's about as high as it gets and as good as it gets. And it's definitely going to be a great guest and a great interview. Um, yep. we're, I'm excited. We're, we're honored and blessed to have you on and make that announcement here on Turtles Takes. Absolutely, boys. I mean, I figure what better time than going into the weekend, get yes, people sir. excited for it. And then, uh, you know, now I can blast it all over social media for the next five days. <laughs> Absolutely. So. so you'll be seeing it on Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere Angelo is able to post. So That's right. To kill Twitter, thumbs, Facebook, guys. Instagram, all You will all not miss above. the announcement. No, you will not miss it. But, hey, man, since we got you on here, you might as well sit in here. We got just one more little topic here to cover real quick, and that's the NBA Finals. All right. Uh, you know, you why don't you take the, the lead with it here, Ace? Uh, well, I don't know. Wisconsin people don't like me very much because I think the Bucks are overrated. I <laughs> the think Bucks Giannis, are overrated. I think Giannis is a good player. I don't think he's as good as people think he is. I think he's he's a superstar, but I don't think he's on Kevin Durant, LeBron James type level. Um, when you airball free throws multiple times yeah, a game, man. Like I know Shaq was terrible at free throws, right. but like. Giannis is worse than know. Shaq at free throws. Well, you and know, it's a different time, though. Like, like Giannis exactly should be right. – it's not like Giannis is what Shaq was, where he was just a back-to-the-rim, post-you-down, spin-move, right. dunk so on you. I had this same argument with somebody yesterday, and I said, you know, they, they said, why is it accepted for Shaq and it's hated for Giannis? And I said, because when Shaq was dominating, it was an inside game. It, right. NBA was inside ball, bully yep. ball. I right. said, now it's a breathe on me. I go to the free throw line. Centers <laughs> that are shooting three pointers, centers that are bringing the ball up court. Like, that's who this is. That's what the league is now. Yep. And this is a flop it, button in NBA 2K, guys. Yeah. A flop button in 2K. Just think about that. For and a if, you, if you can't shoot and you can't shoot free throws and you don't have a consistent offensive game when they take the paint away. You just aren't as skilled. You can't claim that you're as the best player in the world or even close to it. I, at least as far as I'm concerned. I, and I think <sighs> I think my biggest takeaway from this finals, and I am rooting for Phoenix, but I think the biggest thing for me is Chris Paul showing you exactly who he is. Right. I I now I, I don't hate the Bucks, right? But I, I do. do I, I do hate the. I I like Chris Paul. Like I, I think that, oh, absolutely. and and somebody tried, somebody tried to have an argument with me on Facebook that Chris Paul's play played on a super team when he was with the Clippers, and I think that's completely outrageous <laughs> to think that Blake Griffin was, yeah, was some yeah. Or DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin. I nah. mean, it was Lob City. All he was he was throwing lobs because nobody else could shoot. Right. Without right. without Chris Paul, there would be no Blake Griffin, man. Who right. was throwing him those lobs, right. Chris Paul? It's right. uh, you see what happened with DeAndre Jordan when Chris Paul left, right? He became I mean, he went to Houston, right, with James Harden, and, right? But I still wouldn't consider that a super team. No, it was and just he a he got hurt in the playoffs, and they and they couldn't do anything without him, right? And then he goes to OKC, right? right? They make, make the playoffs, them. right? Goes to Phoenix, they Takes make the playoffs. The now they're in the finals, right. right? Chris Paul's just this guy, man. He's that guy. He he's the general, the floor general, he gets guys to give everything they can because of how he leads a team. Well, and he's one of those guys, man, he, he's a true point guard where he's going to get you the assist and lead the team and, you know, control everything. 
but he could go give you 40 points. If guys aren't scoring, he'll score. And if guys are scoring, he'll just distribute. And he's yeah. cool with that too. Right. You know, for me, I like, I like Chris Paul. I like Devin Booker. I really like DeAndre Ayton. Ayton you know, would be a big star, I think. But when it comes to the Bucks, man, I, I just don't like Giannis. I think he's overrated. And I can't fucking stand P.J. Tucker. Uh, <laughs> P.J. Tucker, man, the people him. up here, they love P.J. They think he's the bomb, but then if it was the other way around, right? They'd, you know, be, they'd be crying a storm, like when Pat Beverly was all getting crazy. Everybody on, on right. all my friends were like, "Oh, he's such a dirty player. He's to place your bro." Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah. I I think I think it's weird to think that Chris Middleton can be a number two. Yeah, he's good at shooting. I just don't see him being. Like, he's so inconsistent. Right. Man. That's when the best thing. When he's on, he's more on than almost anybody I've seen play. But when he's off, he's so off. And that's what I mean. Like, he has no in-between. He's just – you better hope you catch him on a night where he's on. Otherwise, you got yep. no shot. And, you know, it, by no means is Milwaukee out of it. I mean, they could no, go – No, I feel the, like they'll win. They could go win, win the next two at home and make it 2-2 for all we know is we've seen this playoffs go. And, unfortunately, as we've seen finals go. We've seen uh, – we've seen uh, – Games taken over by refs to to extend the series, so we're not sure what's going to happen. But I, this Phoenix team is fun to watch, man. They're really fun to watch. They have a lot of people that you like to root for, like uh, you know Chris Paul and Monty Williams. You know everybody who's anybody who knows the history of Monty Williams and everything he went through with his wife and yep. everything like that. You know how could you not be happy for the guy? And then to see you know him and a young Chris Paul in New Orleans and now together here in Phoenix, proving right. everybody wrong, proving that they so, were right. They were the right guys in the first place. So, Vince, you brought up a great point there that I saw the other day. So, Thank you. I tried. So, have you all seen the picture that has uh, Chris Paul? I think it's in New Orleans. Uh, I think it's got to be 2004, 2005. It's got his uh, NBA 2K character from that year, and then it's got his NBA 2K character from 2021, and it says, this is how long it took Chris Paul to make the finals. And it's just, you know, the graphical comparison of how much things have changed yeah. in that six, 16 or 17 season stretch. I mean, it's absolutely great to see Chris Paul in the finals. And I'm rooting for Phoenix solely for the reason that I want to see CP3 with a ring. Yeah, I think no, he deserves it. it. You know, the guy's been through a lot of adversity in his career on different teams he's had struggled with injuries you know down the stretch especially when it comes toward playoff time and to see him get a ring i think would be good for the nba yep i'm all about it i agree i'm all about it there's there's obviously a lot of the series to be played it's two nothing phoenix right now but like you said they could go home and easily tie it 2-2 and then we've got ourselves a real series right we'll see though i'm not i'm not sold on Giannis either vince knows that the guy's six foot ten and he's got over a seven foot wingspan he should be able to dunk it on you in the middle of right in the paint he should be able to be explosive in the paint but when you're timing out at the free throw line i i honestly i'll be a hundred percent with you guys i didn't know there was a time limit on free throw shots until I saw Giannis time out. And then I'm like, "How? what are you doing here? The ref's right. counting to 14, and you right. still haven't shot the ball. Come on, guy. What are you doing? Yeah. That's right. absolutely unacceptable. And I, I get it. Shaq was horrible at the free throw line. But Shaq was also 315 pounds, played twice as good a defense as Giannis does, 
and did everything he does in the paint. Right. So, you know, I, I'm not sold on this Bucks team. As you said, Middleton, when he's on, he's on, but he's so inconsistent. He's not, I would say he's not necessarily a fundamental piece of that team moving forward. And it's just one of those things where I, I don't want to sit and hate the Bucks, but I also, I also want people to realize the Bucks are not as good as they've been portrayed or even so, really I mean, as good as where they're at. I mean, Giannis has played well in the playoffs other than his free throw shooting, but they also faced a Atlanta team that wasn't that great, even with Trey young. Um, right. They faced Brooklyn without a healthy James Harden or Kyrie and whatever anybody wants to say, Kevin Durant still went off in that series. Yeah, I mean, it, it took oh, seven games. It took right. seven games to beat a team that and you know, Kevin had, Durant putting his foot on Kevin the Durant. Line. Right, right, right. And if his foot is just two inches further back, that series is over and they win. Yep. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, Giannis is—he's a great individual player, but he's not that. To me, he's not that elite center. I would rather have Joel Embiid on my team than Giannis. For, for me, it's just that Giannis just isn't that skilled. That's what it comes down to for me. You know, you see Kevin Durant dribble up the court at seven feet tall or six ten, whatever he is. The way he dribbles, yeah. the way he shoots, and the way he shoots contested. I mean, I've never seen somebody shoot so well contested as Kevin Durant does. It's like he doesn't even care the guys are right in his face. He's going to hit it anyways. Right. You know. Okay. So, so quick question before we wrap this show up, guys. Kevin Durant, best player in the NBA, yes or no? Right yes. now, yes. Yeah, and I also say yes. So. There we go. Clean sweep. Don't tell That's Mike. KD. Don't that tell just had Mike. To, that Mike just had to be my – KD, Fat Mike, KD. That's that just world. had to be my little LeBron James dig before we go off. Oh, here. yeah, I dig fuck it. LeBron James. That's <laughs> right. I'm just kidding, man. LeBron James is a tremendous guy off the court, but on the court – as I've Jack said ass. many times, I can't stand the flops. I can't stand the antics. It, yeah, just horrible. Poor sportsmanship shown at its biggest level. Man, what a great show, course. y'all. I was, man, y'all made this so easy coming back after being off last week. And, uh, you know, the, For the sure. weeks have been before that. It was good to get back on here with y'all. And, Angelo, I always love jumping on with you boys, no yeah, matter man, what. Appreciate you yeah, thanks on for and, popping uh, in, Angelo. Sharing that big ass news. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be on. Huge it'll news. be on Facebook, so you'll be able to share it for me too. Yeah, I'll, we will be sharing it. I'm ready to watch. Hope, All right, boys. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Hopefully, I'm watching it from in the hospital because we had the baby. But we'll we'll see what the future holds for that on Monday. All right, yeah, man. Uh, best of luck with that interview, Angelo. It's going to be a big one. We're happy for you. Definitely proud of you, brother. Good guest. Uh, it'll be great to see whether it's uh, pre-record or it's live. I'll be yep. really happy to get to watch that interview. So Definitely. awesome news. Thanks for breaking that with us tonight. Appreciate thank you guys voice. for joining us. We do appreciate yes, it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank as you. always, to our sponsors right. here at 1252. And thank you to all the fans. You guys thank have you. a good and night. Thank you guys from the AIF for coming on out. Yes, absolutely. Thank you to the guys from the AIF for coming on out. Great management perspective. We'll definitely have to bring them back on here in the future. Yep. Take Definitely. care, guys. Have a good night. Peace. Thank <music> you.